welcome to episode 295 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alrighty guys, welcome along to episode 295 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm very good. It's like you're, playing, you're flying an airplane there, you're adjusting your, your volume, I know. you're I'm, ready, I'm for, making ready ship. for takeoff. I'm making it this time. I'm not going to let it sink like that captain and sea somewhere. Where was no. that? Off Italy. Yeah, that was crazy, eh? And he, didn't, he, didn't he kind of worry about himself before everyone else on board? Did indeed. It's not how you do it, team. We worry about the audience. If you were on listeners. our ship, you'd be safe, wouldn't you? You would be. Indeed. John and I would put ourselves last, wouldn't we? We should put it. We should go cruise like, cruise line a ship out of Kona. Oh, well, I'd love to do that. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, keep, keep donating, everybody. <laughs> I talk is proudly brought to you by coffeesofwai.com for the tasty aroma in those cold winter mornings. Athlinks.com for the tasty look at your results when you've had a good day. Maybe not last weekend in Monica. And X Endurance. <laughs> and X Endurance, your lactic buffer for endurance athletes to make you go faster and recover better. Okay, guys, on this week's show, we've got a bit of news. It's not much news. A little bit of news happening because Challenge Monica happened and John had a race, and I want to hear all about it because apparently he had a blinder. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. We've also got what have we got? We've got uh, we have got of the an week. Age group. We've website of the week. Got a bit of an interview. With yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a scoop you got there, wasn't it? Dirk Bockle because um, it's all the news. Right people now, start it? emailing in, and I thought, oh, bug this! I can't be bothered doing our um, uninformed opinion. We might as well just go straight to the source. So How did you I, hold of him? I just popped him a Skype this morning. So can you do a quick interview? And away we go. You know everybody. Yeah, so it was probably like you know, like it would be like Barack Obama ringing him. Exactly. You know, one of those calls you have to take. Exactly. Oh, he's pretty lucky. And then we've got some uh, Critch's Corner? Um, maybe next week. <laughs> Just put we're doing two shows back to back, so I'm losing track already. We've only started the first one. Okay, and then we've got some questions and no answers. No Critch's Corner. No Critch's Corner. Questions and answers at the end. So news is proudly brought to you by? Trainingpeaks.com. Use the code IMTALK for a 15% discount on any of the premium account subs, and we'll talk about that a bit more later. Good times. Okay, so first of all, we have to talk about news, and we have to talk about there was the first iron distance race for the year on, or did we decide it was we the second? We decided it was not the first. Well, it, was, it was the first over 100 participants. Yes, the Challenge Wanaka was on. I was down there, and good times, good windy times. One thing they've done well with the Wanaka race, and I wasn't there this year, but one thing they've done well is they've made it a real kind of festival of triathlon kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. Hey, they may have stolen your name. There you go. <laughs> because, yeah, it's... It's still a growing event in terms of the iron, the iron distance. distance race, and but but it has a really good feel about it because they've built the other races up. So in the iron, iron distance race, you know, you've probably got around about three hundred or so individuals. Um, I don't know, it's about fifty odd teams, something like that. But then in the half, you've probably got another I don't know five hundred or so there. Oh, so half is quite big, isn't it? Yeah, and quite a few teams as well. So I think there was around thirteen hundred people altogether racing on the day. So it has a feel of a really big race, yet when you're in the iron distance race, it is quite old school. You know, there's not that many people out on the course. It's quite spread out in terms of participants. And the iron like. starts, or the iron distance starts two hours before the half, doesn't it? Yes, so it started at 6.30. Um, so it's 6.30 till 11.30. But unlike WTC, they're a little bit flexible on the old cutoff time there. Oh, so really? What time did... Well, good old Garth Barford, I think he came in 18 hours, maybe. Oh, wow. Like so so it's 10, 12.30. Yeah, 12.30, I think that was right. I was well tucked up in the I was there a few years ago when Garth came in, and 
He's a, he's a bit of a legend in the sport, but Jeepers Creepers, he looked like the Notchback of not what the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, man, he was Scarf yeah. Arthur. Is he, I think he's in his maybe in his eighties, yeah. or is he either either late in his seventies or possibly in his eighties. Yeah, um, a real legend of the sport in New Zealand. So Bevan and I always harp on about Wanaka and, and the venue for the race, and it is pretty spectacular. You know, we're just standing there on the the start, you're looking down the lake, um, you got sort of mountains all around you, and it is, it's just a very small town, very small place in New Zealand but the scenery is spectacular but yeah unfortunately this year again the second year in a row they had uh, pretty heavy winds but it, luckily on the day for the, the swim it was not quite as bad as the day before it was still pretty choppy out there but the swim time seemed to be um, not too bad for the um, for the you know the elite athletes coming out, and I was sort of thinking that we said last week. You know, I thought Karen Doe would really blast out of the swim, and mm. Rhodesy I didn't think would be able to hang with him. I thought it might be a bit of a gap, but they came out of the swim together. Um, oh well. And Rhodesy dusted old Karen Doe in the transition. He was first on the bike and started blasting away. Um, big news on Karen Doe. Do you think, guess what? Different. What's something different? Wait a second, John. Him? I think I can pick it. The what? hair's gone. The hair has gone. Wow. So uh, yeah, those two had a good. What's just gone like a short back and sides, just short all over. Yeah, not short know. back and sides, short back sides and top. Wow, so oh, and top. Not quite the buzz cut, but sort of probably a number four all over oh, sort of nice. thing. I like your haircut kind of critique. And uh, so those two had, they had about a three minute lead over everybody else, and it was really was just sort of ones and twos after that. There wasn't really a pack coming out like you'd see at a lot of other races, even small races like Taupo. You know, you'd maybe have sort of six, seven, eight guys yep. coming out together, but it was just. Ones and twos. Um, so those guys really dominated the swim. Gina Ferguson, uh, Crawford, not used to be Ferguson, was first out of the girls um, coming out of the swim, but she had a couple of girls pretty close behind her, like just a few metres back. Um, and she only swam 54, which is uh, a bit on the slow side for her. Um, All fairness, she has it good in the last like. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she's, she's, she would normally be coming out with the first main pack of guys, you know, would have expected, and the junior of past would be coming out and sort of maybe 52-ish, so she's a little bit off. She came out with old Pete Rabusik, and she'd normally be in front of him. Yep. Uh, so everybody sort of accounted for the swim, headed off on the bike, and I was sort of, I was going to do a bit of recording down there, but it was so windy. It was yeah, because well, you, you, you're going to do pretty talking, much most of this week's show, weren't you? You are going to come back, and he said, look, I'll get most of it done, <laughs> come back, we'll do a short show next week, so I was really looking forward to bugger all the time. How much did you get done, mate? Zero. Oh. Zero. Um, but onto the bike, I really thought that Rhodesy and Karen Doe would just go out there and blast those Yeah, well, guys. you kind of think those two, because they're strong cyclists, and they yeah. like to push the button, don't they? And they're aggressive, and, they, uh, and they're not the strongest runners in the field. Yeah. Um, Karen Doe's not bad. Rhodesy is, on his day, can, can be okay. But you know, with the other guys in the field, they, they probably needed a bit of a gap. So I was a little bit surprised that um, the others bridged up and... Uh, Coming off the bike, well, Rhodesy DNF'd. He had some mechanicals. I think he maybe got a couple of punches, so he didn't didn't come through. But mm. Aaron Farlow came through, and he had a nice lead off the bike, a couple of maybe two to three minutes. He's of so. Team TBB, isn't he? He is, and he uh, so he rode through the field. He swam fifty minutes and forty three seconds. He was about it was three minutes down, and rode through to have about a two minute buffer at the end of the bike, and um, looked really strong going out on the run. And yeah, I was really surprised that you know Karen Doe or something like that, who's a bit of an axe on the bike, wasn't able to ride with him. So he must be the business. Yeah. And uh, came through strongly. And second off the bike was Karen Doe. Um, and then a couple of minutes back was uh, Jamie White. He was a couple of minutes back behind Karen Doe. So it really was a three horse race coming off the bike. A um, couple of minutes between each of those guys. But Aaron Farlow certainly looked the business. The rest of the guys were, were well off the pace. You know, I, I stopped looking at my stopwatch after a while. You're saying that it is a, is a pretty hard course. 
pretty hard to hit the office. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was a nor'west wind. So what that means, you start the course down Wanaka, you go out to, towards a ski field called Treble Cone. That's quite undulating, um, but a lot of probably more crosswinds than, than head or side. And then you head out to an area called Lake Hawea, and still out there you're probably getting, it's still going to be getting buffeted, but it's not a huge amount of headwind. And then you sort of do a big loop around uh, Lake Dunstan, and you'll be flying on the way out with a very strong tailwind. And then you'll turn, and you'll be about maybe 50 k's from home and then you got 50 k's straight into the headwind and uh, it was interesting for me we were in the uh, in the team tag area and all the guys were, sta- were all standing there going my team guy's supposed to be in by now you know I thought he, I thought he was going to ride this and everybody was saying that and uh, and a lot of the, the team time guys were w- well that's well what, what's interesting about um, Aaron Fowler's time was it wasn't actually that much slower than traditional times there you know mm. if you look at Gina's time it was slower than what she's done there in the past mm-hmm. you know and so he obviously had a pretty good race considering the conditions were pretty tough as well yeah definitely so yeah coming off the bike it was a three horse race on the guys um the girls so it was really interesting because you know i thought gina would probably just blast away and, and dominate the dojo and she was first off the bike i mean she did lead from start to finish the whole race uh but you know i was looking at my watch and like the first five girls were all within about five minutes oh, wow. uh, so it was it was pretty exciting for the, for those guys going into run did you have it in, oh just off the bike you mean off the bike oh, okay yep. yeah so it was uh, it was really exciting and then um aaron farlow you know i was waiting for my to start off my run so i only saw him on the first lap he looked really strong really smooth and cool. uh and his lead just kept extending and he ended up winning by by 10 minutes he did 8 41 53 so he swam 50 43 he biked 444 and ran 302 and Jamie White was about was ten minutes exactly back, and he sort of lost that, lost about six minutes on the run. Kieran Doe, you know, his, his first name, time I've seen his name pop up for a long time, um, and he was third in eight fifty seven. He'll be probably be a bit disappointed with a three hour fifteen run, um, but good to see him back. We need him to start coming through. <laughs> Courtney Ogden, another ten minutes back, and pretty close between him and Jimmy Johnson. Um, he was in fifth, and good old the big man Pete Rabusic was in sixth place. Well, David, uh, David the Greenlight Kid Row and his mm. wife Shazza, Sharon. Mm, I met them after the race. Yeah, yeah. He's had a photo of you and him together. Yes. Yeah, he's quite a tall dude, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he just said he had an awesome experience. He came over from the race because we talked about it over the times and he said... Well, he said that straight afterwards. He said... You guys, buddy, convinced me to come down to this race, and it was a bit windy, but he was still loving it. And they yeah. had a bit of rain when they were doing some of their tiki touring around as well. So it's all good. So they had a good time in New Zealand. But uh, on the girls' side, I think it's Gina Crawford. She, she took it out nine forty-four. She swam fifty-four, rode five twenty-four, and ran three seventeen. Britta Martin was uh, was running along um, quite nicely behind her, I thought, and she re- she was only. About two and a half minutes, three minutes back, um, and nine forty-seven. And Simone Mayer was third in nine fifty-seven. Of note for New Zealand in fifth place was Julia Grant, ten oh one, first ever Iron Distance race. So good steady day at the office for her. Um, and I thought we'd also look at Torsten's uh, rating system to sort of see how he, how the results stacked up um, versus what actually happened. So Aaron Farlow, his uh, predicted time was 8.44, and he did 8.41, so that was pretty close. He had Kieran Doe in second uh, in 8.45, so Kieran Doe was a few minutes off that, he was about 12 minutes off, and he had Courtney Ogden coming in third in 8.46, and Courtney Ogden disappointed. He was, uh, he was about uh, 20 minutes slower than his predicted time. And the girls, he had Gina, or he had Rebecca Keaton first, but she wasn't racing. Gina Crawford, he had down 9.34, and she did 9.44. Um, no, he had her at 9.37 and she did uh, 9.44. He had Candace Hammond in second in 9.52 and she did 9.58. And Britta Martin in 9.56 and she did 9.47. Okay, John, John. 
Yes. Okay, so did he do good? I was, I was, I was looking at something. I was right. Did he do all right? Uh, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Yeah, okay, John, not, not too bad. You need hold to, put, you on, need to on, turn no, your mic a little bit because as you turn to me, you move away from mic. No, 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 you need to put on angle. So, oh, okay. yeah, you get what I mean? Talk, we're having mic issues today? Well, not no, really. Not mic issues, just getting, getting the mix issues. right. Set up yeah. issues. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say about the race? Well, uh, let me tell, me tell me about your race. Oh, we don't, I don't care about this That's going to be a short, uh, very short I'll tell you what happened. So what happened was I was at home, played my piano, and I forgot the race was on. I was still in my piano practice and playing a bit of whatever I was playing. And Joe goes, oh, the Monica race is on. Let's see how, because Nicolette, one of our runners, was doing yep. it. So let's see how Nicolette's doing. And I was like, oh, Newsom must be running. So I went yeah. and checked on it. And the, and the way they do the time, they're actually pretty good because they're pretty good at keeping update on the website. Like, right. it's a pretty good coverage. And they've got the, the live stream of the video. They do a really good job of keeping this coverage. But I couldn't be bothered working out how fast you were going. All I wanted to see is if you were going to beat me or not. <laughs> and so I, I could kind of see, basically... The, the halfway point, how fast, you went about 121 through the half, did you? No, I went 124. I was basically, I was aiming to hit the halfway in 124, and I ran 124.08. So I was oh, pretty, pretty so pleased with that. Uh, I, I couldn't figure out, and then I just basically thought, well, once he goes past this time, on my clock on my computer, I know he can't beat me. <laughs> and then it was like ages when you came. What happened, John? Yeah, no, it wasn't pretty. Um, they have changed the course. So it will be noted that they've changed the course. Since made it faster. He <laughs> made it significantly faster. Um, what have they done? It's just just changed some of the road it road sections a little bit, and so it is accurate now. Because um, I mean, not I don't know what it was when you ran it, but when I did it the first year, I mean, I ran three hours, and I I didn't run three hours. It was definitely short. Yep. Um, but another guy that was running, I saw in the tent afterwards, Bryant Hardy. He he had a GPS on it, and he said it was accurate. It was, it was bang That's on. Good. So we want. nice accurate, and, and the times reflect that. You know, none of the guys went under three hours. Three oh two. Granted, it was very difficult conditions. It was the fastest run time there, and then the teams uh, they were you, you would have almost taking the fastest split Bevan there was uh, I think the fastest was 240 and that was by a bit of a bit of a gun run well it's interesting the first few years in Challenger Wanaka you used to get the guru in each sport didn't you you know mm. you get these teams where you get guy who's New Zealand's best swimmer and best cyclist and runner whereas now that's not really they're not getting those guys so much are they well there's a couple of guns there I mean uh, there was a guy that rode about 435 or something for the bike course mm, nice. um, that's a hard course so I went into transition to, do, to get ready for my tag over and I thought I was there well early and I said, what the hell are those bikes doing there? And they said, oh, they've been in about half an hour. Oh, really? <laughs> Serious? No. Um, but anyway, my race was a debacle. I just wasn't fit enough. And uh, about 25K in, my hip flexors and knees sort of simultaneously just packed in. And it was just a hobble to the finishes. But basically, it sort of threw in the towel a bit. And I was going along, motivating people, trying to help motivate people and running along and walking a little bit with a few people and encouraging them. It was just uh, after that, it, was, uh, it wasn't pretty. Just I, could, I couldn't run and I thought I figured I might as well try to do some do some use out here. Do some coach work. Yes, but also a couple of comments I want to make about this because on my on my first lap of my run, I was running past the top girls. I think I ran past the, the top three. And so it's really interesting to watch different running styles because Britta Martin looked like she was absolutely flying. Really? And... Um, and yet when I ran up past Gina, she looked like she was sort of struggling. You know, she had that Gina cadence going, but she looked like she was struggling a bit and not going anywhere near as fast. But looking at their splits, so, uh, you know, there was only five seconds between them. It's funny how different athletes look fast and slow, but isn't it? Because mm-hmm. remember in the Kona coverage, they often have that, where they have one of the chicks, and they'll go along next to one of the age group guys. Mm-hmm. And the chicks looks like she's flying along, and the guy looks like loopy long, doesn't yep. he? Just kind of looping along, but they're both going the same speed. So that was interesting. And another comment you've got to give um, Gina some credit for, yeah, it was not her fastest day at the office. Um, but she's still breastfeeding. And, oh, wow. Did um, you stop and do that? Well, <laughs> it's an aid station for other athletes. You've got to think about that. For people who have kids and know about breastfeeding, if you're going for, you know, probably 
team. There's a bit of expansion, can you say, John? Yes. 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 So she would have been in a lot of difficulty on that run, I would imagine, uh, in terms of what was going upstairs, going on upstairs. So well done to Gina. Um, fantastic win. Well done to Aaron Farlow. Garth Barfoot was, uh, yes, as I said, he finished after the cut time, and they just let people keep on rocking on. Yeah, they, they still do the atmosphere down there. They still it? do the, the parties, the fireworks at 11.30 um, and kick that off. Also, I wanted to give Mark O'Brien, I think he might have been the last, he was around the 16 hour mark, I think he might have been the last one to finish under the official time, and that's his first iron distance race, except he did go and try to do Ironman in 2006, the year it got blown off, oh, so okay. it's taken him six years to get back to do one, and then he had another windy day, but this time... Good on you, mate, good on you. Okay, so other news, there's some big news, Hold actually. on, there was oh. one other thing down there, I wanted to give oh. a little bit of little bit of love Spots to... Spots my challenge, Wanaka. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so we had David the Greenlight Kid, who was loving the race, and in the men's, in the, in the half distance race, I know it's an Ironman show, but Braden Curry from Australia dominated the dojo for a 12 minute victory at 4.17 which wow. is pretty impressive and Hannah Lawrence won the girls at 4.56 Nice work, okay, other news, we've got WTC and ITU maybe working together now so it looks like from what you've got here that WTC or ITU are talking to WTC about them running or WTC running the ITU World Distance Long Course Champs I think this is a Fantastic news! There's absolutely nothing official here whatsoever, but all it is at this so wait, stage. Wait, where's the story come from? Well, it's from from Ironman.com, but oh, it's, so it's official. But there's nothing said. Oh, you're going to do this? I think the, the main thing is it's just the start, the opening of dialogue, which we've. Well, so as give, as give far as I've been around, from, there's never yeah, been what's anything. The history? What's the history of there this? There is two? no. The history is they, but basically, it's just been a warring faction, basically, really? because. Um, WTC has always just been um, you know, perceived to be about the money a business. and business, and ITU has basically always got to adhere to the Olympic ethos and so yep. on. Um, but I just think it's fantastic that now you know, Andrew Messick, in the six months since he's been there, he is out there trying to build yeah. relationships. You know, even with, just with us, you know, they didn't have a very good relationship with us prior to. Yep, they didn't have a relationship. Yeah, yeah. and you know, he's been part of the reason that we've sort of been talking with them a bit more and the fact that they're just talking I think is fantastic because if you can for a lot of the pro athletes if you can get some commonality there and if you can have an official proper world champs which combines WTC and ITU it's going to mean that you're going to be able to probably get a bit more assistance from your national federations I know perhaps in in some of the European countries you know they still look at ITU worlds a little bit differently to what we do in say America New Zealand um, they get funding to go to those events where they probably wouldn't get funding to go to WTC because yep. it's not really a sanctioned event so I think it's just fantastic news and, so well, uh, I didn't really read the story give me a little bit of the info what, so oh, it's a very short story it's, that's it's basically, basically it, that's it that they, so they're in talks that, that maybe WTC could run an ITU world champs yeah. long course you know, this year you had yeah. uh, Nevada you basically had the same course yeah like two um, weeks apart or something a couple of weeks yeah. apart diff- different distances but um i just think nick because wtc uh don't do 51 50 races particularly well you know they've just taken over some that well, they're trying well. they're trying first step. and itu don't do long distance races particularly well in yep. terms of getting all the big kahunas there so if you can have some oh watch the space and the other thing in the ITU is they've increased the overall prize money by 15% that's significant isn't it well it's significant when it's already bloody high in prize money so it's gone from uh, we'll go we'll total 2 points or 2 point 
two million basically um, for next year. It's gone up fifteen percent from last year's. Um, Melina popped me an email saying, "Right, it's time for the WTC. You know, they've been talking it up. They've been talking a good game in terms of improving well, we, their prize money." When we had Andrew on before Christmas, last time we had him on was probably November. When we had him on November, he's still going to be announcing some stuff to help pros make more money soon. Now we haven't heard that announcement yet. Hopefully, we, maybe mm-hmm. Andrew can announce it on our show. But hopefully, we get to hear what that is soon because you know, ITU are up in the end, aren't they? If you're a young triathlete, although you're probably more likely to go to you anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the, that game and you're still kind of second tier but making a good coin from it, why would you go to Ironman right now? I mean, at their finale race, they have $270,000 prize purse and all the other World Championship Series have 170000 prize money. Um, and the grand, grand final now will pay down 20th place, which is which is great. In the past, they've only sort of gone to, the, to 15th. And then the big thing for them, though, that really is the sucker punch to make sure they do like, keep staying in the series is, is an extra $600,000 for the end of year bonus if you're in the top 30 ranked men and women so um, the 600 gets split up yeah okay. and it's, it's quite it's quite attractive you know yeah. um, and that's gone from being the top 20 to the top 30 so they're going deeper and that's really but why important. would they be losing people like surely ITU is not u- losing people from the series. Not really, but you've probably got pe- some people that decide to go and specialise in you know the, the races in the states. You know the and the fifty one fifty series. Oh, so you mean some so of those big money races or something like that? Yeah, instead of doing or they might just WTC. might just but do one or two yeah. here and there. Um, so again, good news. And in the current financial climate, with prize money's going up, I don't think there'll be a huge amount of sports where that's happening, so it's, it's awesome to see. Good times. Okay, so news is probably brought to you by Training Peaks. What do you want to quickly talk about, John? So tra- one of the things I talked about Training Peaks last, night, uh, last week that I really like um, is, you can, obviously you can log all your training, but one of the key things um, is to, you can log your metric, what they call your metrics, and so you can basically go through and you can log, there's a gazillion things you can log, but I, I really just like to look at about six or seven key things, and you can do your sleep, um, your sleep quality, your sleep hours, your weight, um, how you feel overall. You've got any injuries, motivation, soreness, and stress, and I think those are probably the often the key indicators um, in terms of whether your training is going to start to go spiraling downhill. You know, if your stress is, if you're stressed for say two weeks consistently, um, you may often see some uh, some downturns in your your training as well. So I think that's one of the key things. Whereas just keeping a training log, you might track your what you're doing and maybe your effort you're doing, but it's often the things outside of training that make a big difference. So it just you can easily do that side of things through through your iPhone. And it's just an easy thing, but you've got to be religious about keeping up with it. Now, one thing we did ask get a lot of questions from people who are already using Training Peaks. The discount code does work with you guys. These guys are really delivering for you guys. So check out Training Peaks and check out our link on our website www.imtalk.me because they want to see how many of you guys are actually signing up. Go to our website. There's a little kind of ad there. You click on that, they'll take you through the link that they see that you come from our world. And uh, use the discount code IMTalk at checkout, and you get fifteen percent off. There you go. Okay, guys, let's have a look at the hot topic. So the hot topic of the week, so last week we were wondering, we got an email about apps, you know, who's using apps and so on, and what kind of apps are you using for training, and what are the good apps, and I said you can have uh, one, or yep. John's putting his way, can I finish? Yeah, no, finish, sorry. Oh, okay, you can have one triathlon app, and then you can have one fun app if you want to put that in there as well. First up, Bevan. You don't have an iPhone. I don't have an iPhone, but you secondly, explain what an app is. Because John, John, don't ask that question. Well, I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of people out there that don't know what an app is. You really think that? I really think that. Really? I don't really fully understand what an app is. An, well, an application is an application. So, like, you know, like on your computer when you've got Microsoft Word, yep. it's an application. Yeah, but why would you have, so, so for example, why would you have the IM Talk app on your phone? I'm taking devil's advocate here. Uh, are you? Or are you? 
<laughs> okay, so basically a computer is a device that can it has all this kind of stuff with it that can make it work, but it only works if you put programs in it mm-hmm. and programs are actually make your computer do what they need to do so like you might use microsoft word for word processing or excel for spreadsheets and so on and so those are applications so your browser is an app so if you want to go on the internet you look at your browser which is an application so it basically talks to your computer to tell your computer what to do mm-hmm. now the phones nowadays are so high tech that basically if you look at an iphone it's more powerful than the computer that you had in your office 10 years ago mm-hmm. so the technology that's in your phone now is so advanced that you have these apps that basically tell your iPhone what to do in certain areas. So for our app, the I Am Talk app, what you can do is you can download that and you can listen to shows at any time, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you've got the podcast or Apple limits what you can do from iTunes Music Store on the iPhone because mm-hmm. they want to limit your bandwidth, so it's kind of a way around it. But there's lots of different apps for lots of different things. And, and really an app is just it's just a process to do something on your, on your device. So you basically got to have an iPhone or just some sort of smartphone to be able Nowadays, to Nowadays, to be honest, there's kind of two forms. iPhone, the, the app, Apple app market's pretty massive, and then the Android apps market as well. And I know Windows are trying to get in there. I don't really know much about the Windows phone yet. But really, at the moment, you've either got Android or Apple. There you go. And apps then, you know, and so the, lots of people are finding that they're using these apps really, really well to help their training, John. So what did you come up with? Uh, so Matthew Bins, he, he started off, there's no need for all these apps when training. Do it the old school way, get a map, plan a route, then go ride or run on it. Record your time and then the next time out, try to match that time or better it. Remember what Bretton said about trying to measure everything in training? It gets in the road of the real training. You won't have your apps on race day. Nadine Voice has got, I love sports tracks and love it. She loves it. Um, easy to use and you can compare rides and runs on the same route to track to, pro, uh, to see your progress, which is pretty cool. Um, and you can pair it with your uh, GPS as well. So. Tams and Lewis are saying, come on, Matthew, some people welcome the technology generation. Apps don't have to measure. They can inspire, motivate, and teach. I like the Nike Training Center app, good for strength and conditioning work. Okay, well, try some reviews. That's the name. Yes, I think that's old uh, Crescendo. Oh, it is too. I think it is too, actually. Um, he loves RunKeeper, and I have RunKeeper as myself, and it's, it's the best standalone app. It has built-in social networking, and it sends me emails when I do my best times, and it can give you, you know, how many Ks you've ran this week and so on. Um, he likes RunTracker as well, so those kind of running ones are really good. Um, Matt Tench, he said run. he tried using RunKeeper as well. Um, and then he also said he likes IM Talk, nice work, nice greasing. Um, but he also uses Polar Pro Trainer and recently Training Peaks. And he's also thinking about checking out Golden Cheetah and Sports Tracks. Golden Cheetah, never heard of that one. Nor have I, somewhat surprisingly. <laughs> um, Steve Richards just says, come on, it has to be iTunes Music Combo, and you can download and listen to IM Talk. Seriously, HRM to keep the task and podcast keep me going, entertaining, informed, and good to go. In Hamilton, Strava is great, although it would be good to log swims manually. It's very addictive, especially when you're trying to do less cycling um, and more running to concentrate on surf racing. I think that's pretty much it, John. So you probably don't have any apps, do you? I don't have any apps whatsoever, Bevan. So I've just got my phone in front of me right here. What apps do I use for training? Um, well, I've got both Map My Run and Map. Keeper, which I find really cool. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. <laughs> Great segment. Jeff Curry, did you say his best talk? app I use is GMAP Pedometer? 
to look at my routes and work out distances. But I do use them. I, I use those apps all the time. They're really great because what you can do is you can you can go and you go before you run because I always listen to music when I'm out there running. And what I'll do is okay, well, today I'm doing this set. So you program the set in, mm. and then when you're out running, it'll just come into your ears. Okay, now you have to do three minutes, and you can set paces, and it can tell if you need to go faster or slower. So you can actually be quite specific around what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And if you're like I don't mind running with my iPhone. So if you've got your iPhone in your hands when you're running then it will just come into your ear and it'll let you know what you need to do with your music happening so you don't have to think too much about it. So it's quite cool for that regard. And apps generally don't cost money? No, you're looking, uh, it depends on the app, but nowadays they're trying to kind of get big databases, so something like RunKeeper, which is probably the biggest run one in the world, is free. But most apps will cost you under five bucks. It's pretty great. Yeah, so anyway, get on it. If you want to go check those out, just go to our Facebook page and uh, feel free to add to it at any stage. Okay, well, we've got an email through from someone. John didn't put the name on the episode. Well, no, no, they requested no name. Oh, okay, even better. Silence in the house. Recently, I've been talking with a few mates about people who train with the opposite sex all the time. The discussion was around, do we think it's dodgy? Oh, in terms of, are they cheating on their husbands or wives? Oh, this is a very... There you go, Femme, I thought you'd like this. For a guy and a girl to train together all the time and frequently, or very frequently, especially when one is faster than the other. So is it dodgy to train with the opposite sex? Is that the question? a huge amount of time with them. There was that bang again, Bevan. What is it? You must have a door somewhere that's slamming. No, no, there it is. is there. Oh, it's my daughter. <laughs> there's my daughter. Say hello, Tyler. That's my daughter. There you go. So... Do you think it's dodgy? Just trying to find the phone, John. <laughs> Do you think it's dodgy when oh, guys and girls are spending a huge amount of time training together? You see it at the gym. This was really funny. You do see it at the gym. You, you might, uh, like, there's been some couples at the gym who come to the gym together all the time, and you just mm. think they're a married couple, like for 10 years, mm. and you find out they're not. Mm. And it's not that it's dodgy. Well, we'll leave this to well, next you're week. In there, if, so we can, is it dodgy or not? And also... Some, advi- some advice out there if, if you've been in that situation and just how to keep it. John, it's all cool. about trust. If you've got trust in your relationship, you've got nothing to worry about. Okay, that's fine. Okay, then sponsor. Copies of Hawaii. Which is the best growing for you, John? Well, espresso. Why espresso? Well, we've got a, uh, a new. I didn't get we've, got a coffee coffee we've got a coffee machine. I was going to ask you that. You've got two coffee facts today. We're going back to back. Um, so, espresso growing because Belinda's got a new coffee machine at home. Oh, really? Yes. Well, not new, but. Got a coffee machine at home, second hand. <laughs> what do you mean so, second hand? So which grind is best for you? The whole bean is best for use in coffee machines with automatic grinders or for those who prefer freshly ground coffee. The coarse grind, best for a French press. The regular grind, best for percolators and vacuum brewers. The drip grind, best for electric drip coffee makers and paper filters. And the espresso, best, best for manual espresso machines, which is what we've got. Okay, John, well, what I'm finding out while you're doing there is coffee. that... If you want to go to co- Coffees of Wire, make sure you go via imtalk.me and all our codes on there in terms of what discounts you can get. You can get dis- just a regular discount, or if you're going to do recurring delivery, it's all up there. Just go to imtalk.me. Bevan's fact of the week. Fact number two, last week's... I'm wiping out my first one from last yeah. week, was a bit poor, but second one was good, the coffee belt. Fact number two, John. Fact number two, coffee is the second most traded commodity on earth. What in do you terms think of dollar one? value or in terms of... Well, just most traded. Right, okay. <laughs> I, don't I don't go into detail of my facts, but what do you think would be number one? I think probably dollar value. Um, or is it volume? I don't know. Uh, number one. It would be pretty obvious when you hear it. Wheat? I don't know. No. Don't know. Oh, oh, back it up. Oh, that's a bit of a tricky one. Okay. Oil. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. of course. But coffee's up there. Coffee's number two. It's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah, another great... Do you know George Washington invented instant coffee? 
Really? Yep, but it wasn't the George Washington you're thinking about. Don't use all your facts up at once. A man living in Guatemala named George Washington invented it in 1906. So there we go. More great facts from Bevan. So coffees of Hawaii for all your coffee needs. Okay, so we're going to chuck in the interview with Dirt Bockle because John didn't do any work at uh, Wanaka, so good on you. Yes, thank you. Come on, you talk to him. Tell him a bit of a wrap-up. 15 minutes. So basically the, the reason for this interview was Dirk Bockel has recently signed uh, within the last week or so. I think the news was just coming in when we were recording last we're week. We've emails about it. Yeah, he signed up with Leopard Trek, which is a pro cycling team. Uh, it's part of the, the – that used to be just standalone by itself with Andy and Frank Schleck, who are the two of the leading Tour de France riders. And it's now merged with Team Radio Shack, which is formerly Lance Armstrong's team and a bunch of whole other very, very good cyclists. They've merged, and Dirk will tell you a bit more about the, the team structure now. But I think he's he, – as he says, I think he's the first ever – triathlete to be involved in a pro cycling team well as, as a triathlete is dirt buckle right now right on today's show we've had quite we've had quite a few emails and um because there's not a lot of news going on at the moment and, and any news story seems to get uh, blown up and a man who's certainly been in the news this week is dirk buckle who signed up with uh, the leopard uh, leopard trek team so welcome along to the show dirk yeah thank you very much Dan. Um, I'm, I'm picking, you know, this could this could be, you know, the last interview we do. You know, the the, way, the wages that these guys in the cycling team pay, you might be able to retire at the end of this year. Yeah, well, not really, but I mean, I I guess there's no reason to complain whatsoever. So that was just an amazing opportunity that came up, and you know, obviously Flavia Becker, he's a very wealthy person, and I was just lucky to to meet him, and and I could I didn't really have to convince him about triathlon. He he knew me before, and he was just very stoked about what I do. And you know, it didn't take long, and we had a deal. It's not what you know till you know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Luxembourg is a very small country, obviously. You know, and it's—I I like to call it or refer to it as the small family, and so everyone knows everyone. And you know, it was just great. So I had a talk with him, and we we sat down, we we sketched out a little. Uh, potential contract where we can come up with and you know we, we we met a week later and it was basically written in stone and you know i'm very thankful that's a lifetime opportunity and also the first time ever that this happens to a triathlete being involved in a, in a pro team and i mean that's just that's just perfect for me so what what's the deal with this Leopard Trek team? Because you know a lot of triathletes do follow cycling, um, but obviously people know of Trek. But but what is Leopard, and um, and and why are they interested in in you know cycling to start with, and then obviously crossing over to yeah. the triathlon? Well, Flavio Becker, he's a very rich person. He's a millionaire from Luxembourg, and he has been involved in cycling. He's he's just a cycling fanatic. And he yeah. started this uh, Leopard Track Proto team last year. And this year he wanted to expand a little bit. And after merging with uh, Radio Shack, the team is now called Radio Shack Nissan Track. And that's the Proto yeah. team. So that's yeah. one of the three sections that he has. Leopard is his own company. It will evolve in, in a couple of uh, products later on. But for now, it's just a brand leopard.lu because it's in Luxembourg and the second uh, section that they have is the Continental Tom team that's also called Leopard Trek and the third Mm -hmm. section that is me as an individual triathlete and I'm also called Leopard Trek 
But yeah. I do have the infrastructure of the Radio Shack Nissan Track team, and I'm not involved in the Conti team. So this is it was a little bit confusing the way um, people perceived it. But basically, Leopard has three different legs, and I'm I'm just an individual travel lead, but sponsored by the whole infrastructure of the Radio Shack Nissan Track team. So we're not going to see Dirk Bockel riding the, uh, the Tour de France. This Man, season. I wish that would be a lifetime <laughs> dream, obviously, but. You know, I, I just came back from Mallorca. I'm actually right now in the Canary Islands doing a training camp to prepare Abu Dhabi. And I flew over to Mallorca, to another small little Spanish island. And uh, I met up with Johan Brunel and the whole Radio Shack Trek, uh, Nissan Trek team. And, you know, we, we had a great time. I mean, I I got, you know, measure for the new bike. I got I got the whole outfit and all that stuff. So I was very psyched and also had the chance to train with those boys and you know, it's still winter, so I'm double the size of Andy and Frank Schleck together. So it was a little tough for me to hang in the mountains. And, you know, Johan Brunel, he was pretty impressed at the end of the day because I was hanging with them for six hours, even doing intervals in the mountains. And, I, that, I mean, obviously, I, I had to put in 150% effort not to yeah. get dropped. But uh, it was just great. And, you know, learning from them, and they learned from, from me as a triathlete because we are always – triathletes in general are very um, – technique focused you know very innovative stuff in terms of material and everything and you know you also said we both profit from each other and you know we, we both try to grow does lance still fit into the equation all those guys because he was obviously part of the radio shack team and and all the teams before that and he's got is the live strong sort of brand still feeding into the, the radio shack guys um not really at the moment i mean lance is doing his own thing he's still partial owner of the of the team, but he's not anywhere involved as far as I know. And, you know, hopefully I, in the future I will have a chance to, to meet up with him and, and do some training. But for now, I think he he's in America doing, doing his own thing and, you know, it's two different things at the moment. And a lot of people speculate about how he would do an Ironman and, um, you know, the pro, you know, the guys on the inside like yourself. I mean, how, how do you think he would um, stack up if he was to race pro in Kona? Oh, I mean, just uh, just with the intimidation factor, we, we will all have so much respect and, you know, always think twice if we want to pass him. And, you know, I know he's posting some of his swim times and knowing that he used to be a, a very good swimmer before and also a very good triathlete. Um, you know, obviously he's, he's getting a little older now and I don't know how good he could be in Kona. I... It's hard to say, you know. I mean, it's a different ball game uh, compared to cycling. I mean, it's a different precision now on the bike. It's, you know, putting the swim before the bike. I, it's it's so hard. It's total speculation. And I mean, he he surprised us all with the U.S. Championships in Xterra. And I yeah. hope that he that he actually well he crashed, so he couldn't really show his full potential in Maui. But I'm sure he will come back and prove that he's that he's capable of being up there. Yeah. So for you with the team, you know, um, obviously we're, we're assuming financially it's going to be, you know, fantastic for you. But but what other sort of things are going to come out of this for you that's going to help you sort of take the next step up? Yeah. Well, for for me personally, the biggest thing is uh, that I'm able to use the whole infrastructure. Meaning, I don't I don't have to worry about my bike anymore. If I need anything, it will be shipped no matter where I am. I have mm. unlimited uh, resources in terms of. Uh, needing inserts for the bike shoes, having the perfect uh, uh, retool fit on the bike, all those little things, you know, it's just 
just amazing. And in those three days when I trained with those guys, when I, I mean, get off the bike, you know, there's a guy that takes my bottles, another guy takes the bike, boom, someone else gives me a protein shake. I mean, it's, it's a whole new level. And, you know, me and Alicia, we've been trying to, to make our two-man team the last years. And, you know, we struggle like every other athlete does. And, you know, having that support, I think it will really keep our back free and just purely focus on the performance on the on the training and Alicia can also focus on her PhD and I think that will be very beneficial for both of us. Because what, what is the budget? Do you, any idea what the budget is for a protein? Because I sort of heard like 10 million euros sort of banded around. Is that oh, sort of what no, they... No, significantly more. It should be, <laughs> yeah, more than double. I mean, I think Team Sky has the biggest budget, but I would throw out now 30,000 euros for Team Sky, I think. But I have to yeah. do my research. I... I'm not 100% sure. Oh, well, you can be a roving reporter on the inside of the pro bike circuit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's still worth uh, seven times the money that, that investors put in in a team. And I think cycling is, you know, it's, it's a very good sport. It's very well televised. And just looking at the, you know, stage races or even a, a single day race, the way they televise it, I, I hope the WCC can learn from them and, you know, having the new CEO uh, missing there, he's coming mm. cycling background and I'm, I'm very much hoping and I'm, I wish I could say I'm sure that it will change and it will get even better. Mm. So obviously for you, Kona last year, it was a great race. Um, the swim, you know, you seem to be right there or thereabouts as usual. Bike, you know, you're right up there amongst it and the, but the run is, is, is still the area where you've got to work on the most. Um, looking simply at the times, you mm. might be right. Um, I did improve my run, but I wasn't able to show it. But I think it's pretty normal if you ride 10 minutes faster than the year before. It's it's hard to, to even split a better running time then. Um, yeah. With the time that I clocked in, 8 hours, uh, 12 minutes, you know, I could have won a couple of races already in yeah. Kona. And that that's just shows that the sport grows every year. Um, me personally... The swim is, is not an option coming from ITU. You know, even with like three to four sessions a week, I still swim in the front pack very comfortably. But I did some minor mistakes on the bike, and it cost me a little bit of energy. I didn't see the gaps uh, breaking up, and I had to chase them down. And, you know, it just cost me a little bit of energy, and I think that was a little tactical mistake that I made. And the run, I mean, I'm still confident. I mean, it, it was good. I think it, it was a 2.53, and that's, that's still a pretty solid time if you ride... 422 mm. in Kona. It's not too bad, but obviously three people are still faster, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about this? What about the pro field there? Because this year, you know, it was significantly reduced, and and I was out there on the boat watching the race, and I was really, um, I was predicting. I thought it might break up a bit more in the swim with the likes of yourself and yeah. and and Ray Lurt and a few other guys. I really thought it might spread things out. D- it didn't seem to have much an impact at the front end of the race, you know, having reduced numbers, or was it any yeah, different? I mean, I had the same the, the same feeling going into the race that it would be a little different. Especially having Marco Albert from Estonia. I mean, he's, he's one of the best ITU swimmers though, that we had the last uh, probably six to eight years. And yeah, well, we, we all swim side by side. And then, you know, uh, Marino is a very good friend of mine, but he, he's not a top swimmer. So I was very, you know, I'm, I'm getting always confused that there are 30 people in the first pack and I'm, I'm killing myself there in the front, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty clear. I mean, you can only lose your race 
in the water, but you can never win your race. So you just got to adapt your tactics, and it's obviously the the bike, the run, and the whole the whole hype in in Kona that you have to deal with. There's there's more things, you know, transition, the heat. You got to think outside the box to win that race, I believe. Yeah. So what's the plan for this year for you? Well, I gotta get better, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm training my butt off. I, I'm not racing too much. Probably four to six races this year. First time ever that I that I have a three peak season instead of a two peak. The last two years I, I always raced Abu Dhabi and then Hawaii. Those mm-hmm. were my main focus. And this year I'm gonna add an Ironman in in the middle of the year, which most likely will be Ironman Germany, Regensburg. Mm-hmm. Well, not German. Well, it is Ironman yeah, Germany, yeah. but yeah. um, the little, the little brother, I would say, of Frankfurt. And uh, you know, I don't. I have the luxury of not to to chase points, and you know, just gotta make sure to to stay high up in the rankings, so I'm qualified. And you know, adding another four thousand point race in New York will change the amount of points compared to last year. So you gotta put that into mm-hmm. into the equation as well. And. Uh, well, but apart from that, you know, that's, I mean, it's all about Kona. So for you, in terms of um, getting to Kona, it really is a case of just sort of verifying your result? You don't have to chase points? Well, I, I do have enough points. Last year, for instance, you could qualify, let's say, roughly 3,300 points. So me finishing fourth, I have 4,450 points right now. So the only mm-hmm. hurdle I have to take is finishing another Ironman. But you know, it's it's not really my mentality to just finish a race. So I I'll pick a race where it's good for media, where it's good for the team, where you know close to Luxembourg. So I pick Germany. Um, I, I'll I'll see how I feel. I mean, I I think I can go for the win, and would be nice because the last years I only focus on on the most difficult races we have, and it's not easy to pull off a win. And you know, second, mm-hmm. third, and fourth places. So I I need a win. You know, it's uh, it's about time now. So that is the case for you, you know, in terms of when you're picking and choosing races, because Regensburg is not a, not a high points race. I don't believe it's got great money um, at it in terms of prize money. It is a case That's more correct. for you of, of t- timing and um, and sort of location and, and exposure. Yeah, I absolutely think so. I mean, it's it's very important that I that I do a race close to to Luxembourg, and I think it's very good for the media and German speaking market for for the potential product that gonna come out soon from Leopard and mm. you know I, I think it's a good fit but like you said it's not it's not a, a big money race but you know with all those points and 4,000 2,000 1,000 points the public still doesn't know the difference you know and an Ironman win is an Ironman win and as long as this is the case you know I, I gotta go for it and just in general I mean do you feel like things are heading in the right direction in terms of WTC and you know obviously last week I saw ITU the prize money's increased 15% we're not we're sort of seeing some increases here and there but I mean do you get the feeling they're heading in the right direction or they could be doing different things any ideas oh, I'm, I'm you might absolutely have? sure I mean now they have them yeah well I'm, I'm not too much involved the only thing that I just think what we need to improve for, for the love of our sport is so you cut him off, did you? I did. What happened? My call, well, I don't have all the technology we have here, and I've only got a 15-minute call recorder. Well, what are you, we're like, they're only about 20 bucks. Why don't we, why don't we invest well, in a new one? I could have done that, but I, was, I did this very much on the fly, and I was downloading the program as I was about two minutes away from talking to him. Uh. So, um, 
but yeah, it just sounds interesting. So, okay, wait a second. I haven't heard it. So, just give me a quick well, I can't recap. Do that because everybody's just well, listening to Well, just recap. Us. Everyone's going to think you're brilliant. How good is John as a recap? That's what we want to know right now. So, okay, the key point take home messages. Take home messages. Take home messages. Joining the pro cycling team. Yep. And. Really, as a triathlete, as a triathlete, you're going to be standalone. I think some of the other important things that comes out of there is he's not going to be racing that much now because there's he, he's, there's no there's not a lot of financial pressure to go out there and do heaps of races like there probably is for other guys. So, so he's actually going to pull good back. and bad things. No, it's, yeah, so he's only going to do like four or five races. I think he said. Oh, wow. So that can be. Um, yeah, some people view that as a good thing. You focus on just totally cranking and dominating and training, but some people need training to sort of stay in the game and, and keep that little bit of edge but financially I think it's going to be fantastic for him and uh, and so does he train with them all the time now what's the no, deal no he's just gone off and just so he does his own thing he's just under the umbrella now yeah but he's got whatever resources basically he needs to get he's got it oh so it's interesting listen, your thoughts listen to your thoughts it's just great you know for him it just takes all the financial pressure off but did, sometimes that can be a bad thing. Yeah, because the pressure makes you have to work harder because you yes. think, oh, I'm going to feed my family. Yeah, so he's. Uh, what I think is going to be interesting is there's probably about four or five athletes that are right on that cusp of either going on to win a kind of title or almost never getting one. You know, yeah. Probably got, he's up to fourth now, and he wasn't too far off the title, but you've obviously got guys like Andreas Raylert, who's you know, had a, several seconds and a first and obviously the fastest guy there's ever been. Pete Jacobs as well, you know, he's stepped it up year on year. And though that's it's very easier to step it up year on year than then you've got to make that breakthrough. So there's going to be that added pressure on those guys. You know, if you look at like a guy like Timo Brandt, he's always there or thereabouts, but he hasn't won Kona. And uh, so Dirk Bockel this year, it's the year to make it happen. Now, is this a trend you think you're going to see more and more of? Of, of you know, these cycle teams taking on triathletes. Like, no. why? What's the benefit for the cycle team? As I said to Dirk in the interview, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Oh, really? It's just, yep. yep. So. The guy that owns the business is from Luxembourg, and nice connection there. Dirk's from Luxembourg, so I can't see it really uh, mm. taken off, but good for him. Okay, then we'll, uh, well, it'll be interesting to see if that has a big influence on his race coming to Kona this year. Yes. Yeah, hopefully it does. Sponsor. Athlinks.com. Just time to preserve your history, Bevan. Well, John, but, yeah. I will do that then. Yeah. Tell me about how Because, I do it. Um, as we mentioned last week, you know, the first ever Challenge Wanaka um, they changed owners, well not changed, the guy who ran the race, um, it, all, it all sort of changed over and they, they haven't gone on and, and kept, they haven't kept the results up on the website from the first year which was 2007. But good old Athlinks kept it all up there. So this is just a bit of a warning out there. If, if, um, you know, there's going to be plenty of races out there that might be around for a few years and they might disappear, disappear for, for whatever reason. And but if you get onto it and you get them loaded up onto Athlinks and your results, your results are always going to be up on Athlinks. So basically what they're doing is they're storing all the information on their own, or yeah. replicating, or yeah, well, storing, yeah. the same thing, all the information on their own servers. So even mm. if the website disappears next week, your results are going to be there forever. Exactly. Oh, so nice. uh, so my challenge result, Monica results are up there. And uh, So when you've got third, yes. it's actually on there. Yes, third. It doesn't have the asterisks next to the third. but Even it's, better. Yeah, it's you even don't better. want that. So if they had the website, people would probably read that you didn't get third on the, over the line. Exactly. Yeah, we'll so ourselves. make sure you keep, you know, for you guys in the off-season at the moment, great time. Just get all your old results um, updated. Get them up there. If they're not up there, just takes a couple of minutes. Boom. And then uh, Athlinks will When's take When's the next race we're going to talk about people on? Um, probably Ironman New Zealand. Oh, when's that? Uh, first weekend of March. Yeah, it's still a month away, okay. Yes. Mm. You're so excited, Bevan. You just can't hide it. Oh, I'm so excited. So, How fast do you think Ironman New Zealand's going to sell out this year? 
Because last year it sold out pretty quick. Very quick last year. Well, not as quick as North American races, but... Yeah, but uh, normally traditionally it not I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be very quick because you've got Melbourne Melbourne's now. Going, yeah, but how do you think Melbourne's going to influence all these other races? Because is Melbourne just going to get the guy who's pretty kind of hardcore anyway? Been doing it for years, you know. Like is I just it, think it'll take a bit from everywhere, and as well as creating a whole new bunch of athletes. Well, because there's, there's a lot of Aussies in that that probably can't get into races. Um, but is, 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 I still don't think there's going to be an oversupply. But you're going to have you've got you've increased the numbers of races by two, so you've got challenge. Kens, and yep. now you've got. Uh, to be honest, Kens can get huge numbers. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they will. It'll eat away a little bit yep. from from the other races. So and challenge you put on a good race, so yeah. it may go well. But I can't see it selling out particularly quickly. You think it won't sell out? Because no, no, when we were doing I Menus, you know, it never, never sold, sold out. out. It was always well off it. And yeah. then was it two years ago? Just suddenly, whoa! It sold out like mm. within two months. And then mm. last year it was like bang. And that's because nobody could get into Ironman Australia. Yeah, so it'll be I think. Yeah, well, yeah. Who knows? But it'll be interesting to see. How that influences Melbourne, influences New Zealand. Well, we'll tell you what we will be doing, John. When New Zealand is on, we're going to Athlinks. We're going to talk to the people who are racing, and they're on the Athlinks website. So make sure you put that you're racing on there. You just got to go on there, type in Ironman New Zealand, or bring up this year's one. You go add to calendar. You're away laughing. Okay, guys, uh, you want to put some music on? We haven't yes. done any music. Yeah, here's some music. Here we go. Okay, John. Well, uh, Brought to you by SLS Try. If you want, if they do all the compression gear, race gear. If you want to use the code IMTalk, you get twenty five percent off. It's, it's a no killer brainer. deal. It's a no brainer. Okay, Dave McMillan sent through this one. I'm not sure if you guys have profiled this website before, but I think it's awesome. It is called TriCalc, and you can do all sorts of conversions on the main page for swim, bike, run distances to find out paces for all sports. It's th- an easy website to address to remember. It's bx3.com slash phil slash try slash tricalc.asp. I remember that straight away. Uh, I think the best part, though, is the link. Uh, the link's on the right where you can be really nerdy and plug in your speeds for all three sports and see what the total time would be for an Ironman half all the way down to the sprint distances. Great if you are shooting to break a goal time like 10 hours in an Ironman and you want to figure out what kind of splits you need to do in any additional time. They've also thrown in transition times as well. It's one of the handiest tools I've used, and he even has an iPhone app now. So that's what, yeah, there you go. You get that. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, you get that one. Don't know anything about the person who runs it, but I thought it was a great ship. It was definitely worth a shout-out. So what do you think, John? Well, it's good because sometimes, you know, if, you need to, if you're going to an offshore race and you need to work out your miles pace or your K's pace, this is a, a quick conversion tool. It also does highlight a couple of things to me is – People often don't factor in the transition times. They think, well, I'm going to swim an hour, I'm going to bike, you know, maybe six and a half hours, and I'm going to run four hours, for example. But at a race like Ironman New Zealand, you know, your first transition's five minutes. Yeah, at least for most people. Yeah, your second one's going to be another couple, and that can be quite a big difference if you're targeting a really specific time. I want to break that 11-hour barrier, whatever it is. So I think it's good that it includes that. It's just an easy conversion tool. How what I found it useful for today was I saw a post on um, I think it was on Triathlete Magazine website and it had a little bit about Lance Armstrong doing a he was it went to some uh, swimming meet and he swam five hundred uh, yards freestyle and like so against high school kids and stuff. Oh really? So he turned up to a schools really? I don't know if it was a school. That would have been cool. It was a, sw- it was a swim meet. Just yeah, a, a local cool. swim meet. Yeah. Um, and how'd he go? We swam five oh eight for five hundred yards. And so I what's a yard? Oh, this website, John. This website, and you can so, in, in, so if so I go five hundred meters, yeah, five hundred 
five hundred distance and yep. put it in from go from yards to meters. Tell this website will then tell you what the pace per hundred is for that. And so how far? How long did he take? He did five minutes and eight seconds for five hundred yards. Oh eight convert swim pace. So if that was one oh one four hundred meters. You've you've probably converted it to have you converted it to that's what he would have done for No. If you look here I've got five five hundred meters. Five hundred yards is less than five hundred meters. Oh meters. sorry, I've done yards. Oh he hasn't checked Five oh seven, but still not too shabby. Five oh seven. Five oh eight was the time. What was the time per hundred? He's doing one oh sevens, which is pretty impressive. There's not. Have I got this right? Uh, so I've got five hundred yards, yes. five minutes and eight seconds, and then you go compute swim pace and speed, and then slash for hundred meters. Yep, one oh sevens. One oh sevens is that's fast. pretty, <laughs> pretty you know, good. It's not a lot for five hundred meters. Yeah, that's pretty smoking. You know, if I look to say, uh, what would you do now? Oh, I certainly wouldn't do that. I wouldn't be in, even remotely close to that. So Lance Armstrong's a better swimmer than you? Well, he is now, yeah. Well, he probably was. And if, if I was to go and do that, you know, say, say when I was training for road and I, I was in the top, I think I was in the top 15 out of the water, maybe top 20. Uh, back then, um, I would have probably been holding maybe 110s at best. I think once I did a 106, but there was only 100 metres. Yeah, for well, 100, no, maybe he's done 500. I would say best case when I was back then, this is when I'm Ironman swimming, would have been that well. Has has Meyer pay K pays per hour, so he could swim five point three four Ks an hour based on that speed. Yeah. But no, I was I was well impressed with that swim time for him. Well, that's that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Mm. So like with that kind of swim time, what would the top guys in Ironman do? Well, he'll be coming out and <clears throat> certainly in the front main pack, he won't be getting dropped off that main pack at that. If if he was able to obviously hold a good pace for four K, it's different doing five hundred and four K. But you know, yeah, but if I compare him to someone like Cameron Brown or something like that. I'd say he'd be keeping up with those guys. Wow. I think so, he could run. so that's why this website kind of clicked for me today. Is that, you know, it was a quick conversion from. Uh, is he going to do events? an Ironman? Who knows? Well, you know, it's, been, it's kind of like being the little carrot in front of our world for the last four or five years, isn't it? it is. Lance going to do Kona. Oh, please, Lance. Yes. And yeah. then he does a swim of kids. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So You're us off, Lance. Uh, so I think the key things with this this website is great for can just your general conversions. Oh, if, you're cool. trying, if you're trying to work out your pace for for okay, a, wait a second. So, races. so how fast wait a second to marathon run distance? So you ran how far did you run? Forty two point two. And how long did it take you, John? Three hours. Three hours and thirteen minutes. <laughs> Three thirteen. Any seconds yes. in there? Um, don't care for seconds. We'll go, do you want to go high fifties or low twenties? Go forty. Okay, forty. Okay, so your run pace, John, you did 4.35s. Yes. It's quite a drop-off. Per mile? When I was running 3.45s last time I did a marathon, so quite three, a drop-off. What did you do? Well, I was running about 3.45k No, you did less than that, because yeah. 3.45 is about just under 2.40. Yeah. So you were probably going more like 3.43s. Oh, what can happen in about 18 <laughs> months? <laughs> Don't know how times change. <laughs> Um, it's a good website guys So check it out I'll put a link to it on www.imtalk.me And you can check that out And you can go on there And kind of convert All your kind of things It's cool because You can get those Marathon calculators And all those things But this is good Because it's kind of like The one stop shop For everything If you're a triathlete So If you wanted cool. to go For the one stop shop For compression gear SLS oh, <laughs> You just did a great job Compression socks You know something useful About the weekend We have to get a photo of this It's the first time I've ever raced In compression socks Oh and your thoughts Yes Well my legs are feeling fine Were you wearing but, your SLS but I think the main thing with this is last time I tried to wear compression socks and they weren't SLS they kept falling down during the race uh, no problems with the SLS socks oh great and had the uh, had the tights on um, so what was the quickly. benefit um, 
just don't get sore afterwards. And, and, and I guess. But in the race, do you, like I know there's the whole post world, but in the race, did you feel was helping you hold it together? I know you're helping well, your well, knee. Well, it wasn't helping me this time, right? <laughs> you maybe need some for your but, knees and your hips. But in training, it's certainly, uh, it just. You know, if you're not getting sore afterwards, I think there's got to be benefits when you're actually out there doing it as well. Um, so they were, they were great. They did the business and they didn't fall down, which is a key factor for me. They've got Alpha San antimicrobial additive to protect against bacteria and other microbes. This oh, is nice. important for those it sits in those fabrics, doesn't it? Mally feet like mm. me. Um, designed by medical professionals, free shipping anywhere in the US, plus you get 25% off if you use the code IMTALK. Got the full compression range, the socks, um, the tights, uh, racing gear, bike shorts. Um, check check, it, check out. it out. SLSTry.com. Get the IM Talk discount now, guys. One other thing about this website, just while I'm looking at it right here, treadmill pacing calculator. Yes. So what you can do is they've got a little thing here. Now, the guy who's doing the website is Phil Barnes. We've got to give him some love from Cornwall in Canada. Mm-hmm. In, on Ontario. Ontario, yes. Yep, he's, he's there, so it's kind of cool. Nice work. Good old Phil Barnes. But he's got he's got treadmill pacing chart. So what you can do is, because treadmills are always a bit painful, aren't they? Mm. Have you run on treadmill much? Uh, minimal. Yeah. Minimal. Almost three hours. Mm, nice work. I kind of three hours. I wouldn't have done a marathon on there. I got it over <laughs> two hours. I did a long time on there anyway. And But what he's got is, because sometimes you might be, let's say you're a person who's a miler and you travel a lot, and you speak mm-hmm. in miles and you go to a country that has Ks or vice versa. Yeah. He's got a chart that you can download. It's a PDF and it can show you all the conversions for your different K splits or mile splits as you're on a treadmill. So you can put on your treadmill and you can go, okay, well, currently I'm working at three-mile pace, which is a 4.8K pace. So I need yeah. to speed up. Or if you want to run to a particular marathon speed, say I want to do 20 minutes at three-hour marathon pace, boom, you just look down your chart and you can figure out the pace you need to go. Good on you. Good on you. Good on you, Phil, from Cornwall. Nice, Phil. Cornwall, I'm sorry. Questions and answers. You've got three lots of show notes in front of me this week. Okay, questions and answers. Here we go. What have we got here? All I've really got is a comment this week from good old Tim Hemming at the fine publication that it is, the Sun newspaper in the the UK. You guys are lucky you've got a triathlete reporter in there. He's really good too. eh? Tim's like onto it. He loves his stuff. He's afforded a bit of coverage over there. Um, But he's just telling us that Rebecca Romero, um, who's 31, is completing an Ironman UK this summer. And she's not a name for anybody outside the UK. I would have never heard of her. Um, I would have doubt. But in Athens, well, she's the only British athlete to have won, won medals at the Olympics in two different Olympic sports. Uh, in 2008 in Athens, she took silver in rowing in the quad skulls. And in 2008, she won gold in the 3K track pursuit in the velodrome in Beijing. She must have been one of our girls, John. She must have done. Because uh, <laughs> we, Sarah Alma won in 2004. She's a New Zealand girl who won the, the track pursuit. 2008, I, I can't remember where Alison Shank won. Alison Shank's finished. Neither I don't right, know story. But. Um, all that matters is gold, but she's won in two different sports, and now she, she won an MBE as well, and she quit um, the London 2012 Olympic cycling squad last autumn, and she's going to race Ironman. Well, it will be interesting. She's obviously a pretty hardcore athlete. And she's got, yes, yeah, cyclist. Often rowers transfer quite nicely across the cycling. We've seen that quite a bit in New Zealand as well. Um, we've got at least one of our girls in our track program at the moment is um, an ex-rower, and Sonia Waddell, she like won the New Zealand time trial champs one year, and she was an ex, I don't know if she raced the Olympics, but she was certainly right up in that era, so good so, cross So Tim and I have been talking by email, because that's how we roll sometimes, and we were talking by email over last week about the whole Chrissy thing. Mm-hmm. And the Chrissy thing's really interesting, because one of the things I was thinking is, has she, like... She's not pregnant. Apparently, I saw that somewhere. Posted. Oh, really? She's not pregnant. I got it wrong. Oh, really? I got it wrong. Thank you, John. Thank yeah. you for admitting your the the errors of your way. Yes. But the thing is, is that I was kind of thinking that you know, Chrissy's definitely 
you know, the, the motivation that seems to be that she's always wanted to use her influence and the fame that she could claim through sport to then go on and have a big impact in other areas of the world. And she's been very, very great at that. And one of the things I wondered was, was is she big enough in the UK yet? Like this year in the last kind of few months, she's been a lot of PR because of this whole sports awards and, and well, awards thing that happened in the UK. And I kind of thought to myself, well, maybe because of that now she's a higher profile. But if anything, she kind of needed to win Kona another time. So, you know, because then if she won this year, she, they were just giving her more PR. Well, I don't know. From my experience living in the UK, and because we're very, you know, we're obviously New Zealand and, and our athletes over here get very high profile. Most people in the UK, even the fairly full-on sports people, wouldn't have a clue who she is. Mm. Because uh, I was living over there when you know Spencer Smith and Simon Lessing, they were massive world beaters in the sport. People probably knew of them, maybe a little bit, but they wouldn't really know that Well, much. Tim was saying the Brownleys are getting, like you do see yeah. them on billboards and stuff like That's that, the true. Brownleys are actually starting to get some exposure. Probably no, you know, nothing in comparison to a soccer player, yeah. but in regards to, you know, they are actually starting to make a bit of an impact. Not an impact, but starting to get more noticed. Mm in the world outside of ours. Still be quite niche, her exposure, I think. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because, you know, with this PR that happened with, around the sports awards, you know, mm. lots of people were like, Fighting Talks, a podcast I listen to, which is a BBP, BBC show, it's quite an entertaining sporting podcast, and they mentioned her on that show, and I thought, well, mm. so she's on that show, you know, because they normally just yeah. talk about soccer, and you kind of think, well, she probably should have done Kona one more time, mm. would have got a lot more PR after that race, and then, but hey. But hey, you know. I think motivation is a big part of it and if you're not 100% in the game jeez man to be to be training full tilt we did get some people wondering if she was gone for good do you think she's gone for good Mm, I'd be if I I had to go and put money on it Bevan I'd probably say no Yeah, but at the same time I would say I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't come back but I'd yeah if I was going to hedge my bets I'd say yes um, she will be back at some stage Mm, interesting we did get another email from Matt and Snail He's just Mountain saying, Mountain Snow was loving it because he was talking to someone. I haven't got the email in front of me. Sorry, Mountain Snow. He's talking about Ella. What's Ella? Ella Harris lives down the hill from you. Yep. Yeah, does she? Yeah. What name is Ella? Because she listens to the show, doesn't she? Sometimes. No. Maybe. Come, come up and say hello one day. Well, that'd be wrong, wouldn't it? It just sounds a bit wrong. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, hello, Ella. Um, but anyway, but she's in the ambassador. She for is. For, for Ironman New Zealand, they have their, their key sponsor is Nutrigrain, which is a sports cereal company. Yep. And yeah, they seem to have, uh, she's now the ambassador. She's going to do some work with Terenzo Bozzoni. Bozzoni. Oh, no, Terenzo Terenzo Bozzoni. Um, and she's going to be loving that because she was lapping it up. Terenzo came down here last year after the earthquakes. and uh, She was the one who sent us this email that was so responsible for her age. And I was thinking, well, she wouldn't have liked me when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so she's now going to be doing a bit of reporting. She's quite a keen reporter. Oh, and, we should get her on uh, the show. She can do the kids update for Ironman New Zealand. Okay. There we go. We'll get you on the show, Ella. There we go. There we go. Very good. And she also said that um, somebody was chatting away to him down in Challenge Yeah, that, so wait a second, I'll pull it up. So well, here we go. So and, and, now and he was, obviously wasn't paying a lot of attention because he didn't see me finish. But no. Maybe because I was out there a little bit longer. Well, he, was, he, he, he was thinking to himself, 240, John. After about 20 minutes, he's like, oh, bugger this, we home. <laughs> so he's got, I was chatting to a Pommy guy who lived in Dubai who was racing Challenge Wanaka Half on Saturday and was uh, with me for most of the Wanaka Half after the race. Stewie was the guy's name. A while later, he wandered back and said, oh, hang on, did you say your name was Hancock? Are you the famous mountains now? Made his day. There you go. He says, "How do we handle the fame?" I tell you, it's hard work, but we, you know, we're here for the people. I was swatting them off down the one. <laughs> I can just... imagine. That's why I didn't go. I had the black limo waiting outside when I crossed the finish line. <laughs> the people, John's coming in right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jumbo. So, uh, last sponsor. 
extreme endurance. I was quite excited. Well, no. I, I <laughs> Tell me, little, John, you're excited. I, I had a little package sitting by the front gate door when I got home. Well, wait a second. Where's my package? Well, You've been getting a lot more packages than me from the show lately. What's all that about? I'll chuck a couple of tablets. But, so I had this package turned out from extreme endurance, and, um, and I've got some execute to try. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> thanks. I'll hook you up with a bit. I'll hook you up give me the, the, the treats. So the execute is um, it's the, the new product to come out. It's fueling and rebuilding. rebuilding. So lactic um, to fuel your muscles and protein to rebuild. Um, you take execute 70 to 90 minutes before exercise and it allows your lactic blood concentration to rise. This allows the muscles to utilize the lactic as an energy fuel earlier and helps raise the lactic threshold. By using lactate as a fuel energy source, the blood plasma becomes more alkalizing and helps the body lower its acid pH, thereby rising the lactic acid threshold, which translates into, um, into less muscle burn and less muscle soreness afterwards. So I'm looking forward yeah, to trying that. You did really well there, mate. When I, I was um, impressed. When I get over this stupidly pathetic effort I did at the weekend. Well, you, can, I, you need to be taking a few bottles of this. <laughs> I need to be cranking it. But so it turns out, and there's a drink bottle with it. Oh, cool. Like, oh, that's nice. I've got a drink bottle, but you know, hey, I've got a few drink <laughs> bottles. Then I looked inside it, and there's like a spring thing inside it, and I was like, well, what's all this about? Oh, so it actually breaks it up? Yeah, we're looking at a little picture there. Yeah, yeah I can see the spring. Yep. The spring there, and what's all that about? I better let, read the instructions here for a drink bottle. And inside the, the, so the ex, ex, Execute drink bottle, it's got this little coil spring thing. You put that in there when you put your, your, your powder in there to make up your drink, and then that really breaks up because that is the issue when you get... Um, so this is going to be shaking around in the bottle the whole time, which breaks up the... The formula, yeah, because often that is the case, especially with protein drinks. It gets really gluggy and lumpy. So extreme endurance, nice work, and they're only four ninety five to get one of these bottles. So when you go on and get you some of your execute, mm. you get a bottle as well, and you get your springy thing. Yes, <sighs> so there you does go. life get any better, John? Yes, the thing. Is, there, get, is there a code for this? They've all got codes. I am talk um, code, or if you want to get automatic delivery, A D I M talk. Love your work, xendurance dot com, guys. Check, check, check it out. Okay, the sponsors are. ExtremeEndurance.com Get the springy thing Coffeesofwhy.com um, George Washington And Athlinks.com um, They keep your results even when the websites go down That's right It's a no-brainer Okay then, uh, what you got, John? Well, I've got to say, um, hats off to you, Bevan When I ran that course at the weekend Granted, I had a, a woeful second lap and, and I had obvious reasons for that um, But it's quite a challenging little course down there. It's a lot harder than I remember last time on the, the run. It's a beautiful course down Challenge Wanaki. You run along, um, you've got li- just a little bit of road stuff to start with, then you're onto a track, oh, which stunning. is it's a, it's a sort of the width of a It's got to be one of the beautiful runs in the world, isn't it? Oh, yeah, in terms of an Ironman yeah. run. You're running along, it's sort of about the width of a, of a car track, and then it goes into sort of single file, and it's up and down. And I was like, how the hell? I mean, even if I was in good shape, I, I, don't, I can't run 242 on this race to beat Bevins. Oh, really? So oh, I was, I was very, impressed, very impressed with your time. I think um, the thing is that race is he'll work. I'm always been a strength athlete, athlete mm-hmm. so that's to my advantage. And if you work the downhills, you can gain a yeah, lot of I speed. Wasn't working the downhills yeah, really see, well I was all. flying. Like, I remember when I did the half last mm-hmm. year, and, and I managed to get a couple of years ago when I got the fastest split of the day in the run. I just because what happens is you basically you run around the, the lake and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it kind of goes into the river and then you come out of it and there's this nice big climb and it kind of kills people and I kind of conserve but then the downhill goes forever so mm. you can really just if you, you focus on technique you can gain a lot of speed and so that kind of worked in my favour but thank nice. you yes and uh, I'm off on holidays so we're doubling up the shows this week this is show one of two and we've been here for two hours and we've still got another two hours to go. <laughs> <laughs> and, so and then you go and I've got to do all the post work I love it oh, I did. this took me it'll be a long time to get all these notes together this morning um, so I'm off on holiday and my challenge next week is to have a non-computer week 
What, all week? Well, probably. How can you do that? Um, well, Belinda's g- given me a little bit of leeway in terms of I'm probably not going to be able to get ahead of, a whole week ahead of myself. So maybe the first one or two days, but after that the computer's going closed and I'm not going to Yeah, but, okay, but the thing is, sure, you can turn off, but we've trained ourselves to want to look at it all the time. Mm, I'm okay with turning it off. As long as my, my worry is, is obviously looking after my customers. Yeah. I'm okay missing out on the news and all that sort of stuff. I just want to look after the athletes that are out there training. And as long as they've it's all got their schedules and they're all okay and I give them good forewarning, it's not, not coming open. So okay. it's going to be good times. Nice. Don't send me any emails. <laughs> just keep, <laughs> more, keep more fire. Obviously, I'm not one of your customers. <laughs> yes. Even what's happening in your world? What's happening in my world, John? What's happening in my world? Well, I got back in the gym and I got injured. Oh, dear. Oh, I pulled a tendon in my, my elbow joint, yeah. which kind of sucks when you're doing weights because everything, you know, you need yeah. your elbow all the time. So, yeah. yeah. So, my, mass, my design of getting massive like sports naked is not happening. Um, not much. School's a big, kids are back at school next week, John. Exciting times, I can tell you that. Yeah. How old's Tommy? He's uh, going to be five in the middle of the year. That's oh, so a school year for Tommy. So Tommy's mm-hmm. back at school this year. We're going to go back to school Friday. Mm-hmm. Sign in. We have to borrow a school. It's the expensive time of the year. School uniforms, school fees. Bloody. <sighs> I'm not looking forward to that. I can tell you that right now. No, oh, well, it's just a joy being free. But other than that, not much, guys. Let's wrap it up because we're going to have two hours. Iron Russ. Let me do it. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.